Hey everybody, it's me, Stu Helm, the Food Fan, here at Food Fan Headquarters with another exciting episode of Asheville Food Fans. It is a podcast that I do throughout the week, and then I string it together for broadcast on WPVM 103.7 FM, the progressive voice of the mountains, here in beautiful Asheville, Western North Carolina. Hey everybody, it's me, Stu Helm, the food fan here at Food Fan Headquarters. Just recording a little segment about dreams that I thought were going to come true, but then didn't come true. You may recall a few weeks ago I recorded a segment for the radio and I did a piece on or post on Facebook in which I talked about dreams that come true and dreams that don't. And the one that wasn't coming true at the time was the food pod. You may re- recall that I was working with a landowner to put a food pod out by the West Gate Plaza uh, in West Asheville there. And, uh, or is that considered West Asheville? I'm actually not sure. I think so. Uh, But anyways, I was going to work with him to put a food pod out there, several trucks, a fireplace, a permanent bar. Uh, That didn't happen. The city, Duke Energy, the tree people, the sewer people, the highway people, Everybody had their rules, regulations, parameters, and I ain't hating on them for that. That's how we stay a safe society. But uh, everybody's parameters conflicted with each other and our own. And so we were unable to do the food pot. They whittled us down to one food truck, and I'm just not sure that's viable out in that location. So, but at the time when I told you guys all about that, I said, but some dreams do come true. And I said, the third annual Punk Rock Hot Dogs is coming up. Womp, womp. In the meantime, I have had to take a meeting with Shea Brown, the co-producer of the event, Shea Brown Events. And we had a tough conversation, but folks, ticket sales were just not where we needed them to be at this time on the timeline in order to assure that we were going to have a successful event. So we canceled it. That's all you can do when you don't think it's going to be a success. You got to just pull up your pants and I don't know why your pants were down in the first place, but you got to get a strap. I don't want to make any other analogies. I'm going to just get worse and worse, but you just got to do it. And uh, so we did it. And so punk rock hot dogs three is canceled i'm sorry about that everybody who might have been looking forward to it if you bought a ticket and a few tickets did sell but if you bought a ticket it has already been refunded so be sure to uh check your bank statement or whatever uh and if you were planning to buy a ticket let me just say that uh we're sorry i we wish that people had bought their tickets well in advance i I implored people over and over again to do that. And I'm not blaming anybody, you know, an event is either going to be a success or not. I'm not like, y'all should have bought your tickets. But I I asked over and over again and it didn't happen. And I know that some people were like, dang, I thought it was sold out already or I was going to get my ticket or I just heard about this event. But we just couldn't wait any longer because if you don't have ticket sales, that means you can't be guaranteed you're going to meet costs. And if you don't meet costs, you uh, hurt yourself because you end up paying a lot of money for something that 
didn't really come off the way you wanted it to. A, a sparse crowd is one of the most sad and pathetic things for a producer. So the flop sweat you feel when only a few people show up for an event is real. And let me tell you, I know this for a fact because for years, maybe at least a year, I booked uh, super obscure heavy metal bands at a club that usually played salsa and jazz. So I know what it feels like to have only a couple of people show up for a show. <laughs> Sorry, heavy metal bands. I loved y'all, but you, you were obscure heavy metal bands. That's just a fact. Now, uh, the Punk Rock Hot Dogs last year was super successful. Like we sold out. Uh, we, the people who were there gave us po super positive feedback. Like I didn't get any negative feedback. Maybe people just kept that to themselves. The vendors seemed to have a great time. A bunch, six, six out of 10 vendors came back. Um, so that, and that's very telling in terms of an event that involves vendors. And uh, so that means people were happy. The judges were psyched. Everybody was looking forward to it. I just don't know what to say about that. Like, um, I guess maybe people might still be afraid of COVID and don't want to be crammed into a hot r room with a bunch of strangers eating hot dogs. Um, maybe that's it. It's also been hotter than fill in the blank uh, in Asheville. And maybe people are just like, we ain't going out eating hot dogs at high noon when it's 90,000 degrees outside. And it's possible that uh, people just aren't going out as much as they used to, you know, like we all kicked back during the shutdown when everything was literally shut down and it was like a ghost town in downtown and there were no events and stuff. And we all kicked back and we were like, it, it was awful. I didn't like the, the shutdown, but it gave us all a chance to sort of reset and maybe enjoy our home lives a little bit more. I don't know if that's true for all of you, but it is true for me. I enjoy my home life even more than I did before. And so anyways, well, that's a great segue. I'll tell you that I've decided to enjoy my home life even more by not producing any more food events or, or events of any kind. I enjoyed producing some of the events that I produced. I, they're very stressful to produce because you don't know how they're going to come off. And I've had a couple that didn't come off really good. Or, and I had one that was like a complete abject failure. Although we raised a lot of money for the cause, which was, and we fed a ton of pizza to people. It was the first pizza fight it was kind of a debacle. Um, but it was successful in terms of the actual goals of feeding people pizza, having a contest, having a winner and raising money and giving it to the Masonic temple, which is a historic building. That's always in need of repairs. It's always falling apart. Um, so yeah, events are stressful. What can I tell you? Um, I'm going to try to interview as many of the vendors that would have been at the hot dog thing as I can just to get them get their message out there for you about their hot dogs. And uh, yeah, I'm not going to do any more events that they're, they're too stressful for me. So no more pizza fight. No, I canceled the Mac and cheese fight. Uh, I'm not going to do another punk rock hot dogs, putting that to bed. I might do a pop-up every once in a while for puke, but those are so easy for me. Cause I'm just like, do it. I approach a restaurant. I ask, do a menu and name a few things after 
things that might be served at a restaurant called Puke. And I've done two, one at the auditorium and one at Storm. And uh, the food for both were, was amazing. And so look for some Puke pop-ups perhaps, but no more competitions. If you need a judge, I'm happy to judge competitions. I used to judge a lot of them and then I kicked back from that. So I'd be happy to judge some competitions for people if you want to organize some. As far as I know, there are no food competitions happening in Asheville right now. Correct me on that if I'm wrong. But as far as I know, and I have tried to inquire and have not heard back, there is no wing war. There is no battle of the burger. And I think that um, all American food fights who produced those two things was also starting to produce a Mac and cheese competition every year. And that is no more. Uh, as far as I know, I have reached, there hasn't been one since 2019 or maybe even 18. And I'm not sure if it's coming back and I have tried to find out. So those food competitions are gone. And then Apart from a couple here and there, I think that I hosted all of the other food competitions in town. And so that means that that is wide open for anybody else who wants to take that on. And if you need advice on how to do that, I am super happy to give you advice. And I have given it to people who have done competitions and they have thanked me very much for the advice I have because I have experience producing these things for years. Uh, in all manner of ways, from just the judges panel, uh, having the food delivered by a takeout service, uh, like a delivery service, sorry, and uh, to having a full-on doors are wide open, public show up, bunch of stuff type of competition. Like I've done a bunch of different styles. So if you want to talk about food competitions, drop me a note. I'm easy to find on Facebook. And I prefer Facebook Messenger to Instagram. I, I'm not very good at ans answering my Instagram messages. So try to uh, send me a Facebook message if you can. So yeah, uh, feels wide open for mac and cheese, wings, burgers, hot dogs. Go ahead. Uh, no, nothing holding you back. Fried chicken. Well, I do know, hey, AVL Today did like a, a tournament style competition for fried chicken recently. And Sand Hill Kitchen won that. But it wasn't an event. It was just online. And that's, that's great, too. So look for more online ones. All right, folks. So I'm sorry that Punk Rock Hot Dogs 2022 didn't happen and that it will never happen again. That, that makes me sad. I was looking forward to doing these in perpetuity. But I, I just stress out too much about them. And I'm old. And I don't want to stress. I, and the stress is completely self-inflicted. There is nobody making me do these competitions. And so I just gave myself a break and let myself off the hook. Thank you to everybody who ever participated or attended one of my comp participated in or attended one of my competitions. I really, really appreciate you all. All right. I will talk to you soon about another subject very shortly, I'm sure. Bye. Hey everybody, it's me, Stu Helm, the food fan here at Food Fan Headquarters, and I have a special guest with me today. I have one Mr. Joshua Heald from Bigfoot Long's Hot Dog Food Cart. Joshua, thanks so much for being here. How you doing today, brother? I'm great. I'm great. Thanks for having me. Uh, 
super bummed about the punk rock hot dog competition, but I mean, it is what it is, but, uh, there's no reason I can't put that dog on the cart. You know what I mean? Yes. I, I am happy you said that. Cause I want you to describe the dog you were going to do for us at punk rock hot dogs. But first let me just, uh, kind of give the people some background on you. You're new to the food okay. scene here. And I yep. just want to, well, I've got a little list of things I wrote down that I wanted to talk to you about. So first of all, I, I love the name of your cart. Uh, why, it's Bigfoot Longs, not Big Foot Longs, but Bigfoot Longs. And now, how'd you come up with that name? Are you a Bigfoot enthusiast? Tell us more. Yeah, yeah. Always been a Bigfoot enthusiast ever since I was a little guy and uh, always loved them. And um, I've been in the food industry for uh, 25 years now, and I thought it was time I did something for myself. Uh, Asheville is a hard town to pick up and just do something on your own. So I figured I'd start at the bottom. And so I got the cart and um, I went to the Bigfoot Festival in 2019 and realized that um, if you say the word Bigfoot and someone doesn't smile, there's something wrong with that person because no one gets upset with Bigfoot. That's so awesome. I just took the two and put them together. That is awesome. I love it. You just took the two and put them together. And I'll tell that's you right. what, like speaking of punk rock hot dogs, that's how I came up with that. I just love punk rock and I love hot dogs. And I just took the two and put them together. And I was somewhat inspired by, go. by, um, I don't, you've probably heard of these guys. I was somewhat inspired by voodoo donuts in Portland, Oregon, where, they took the word voodoo and the word donut. They put them together and they made awesome donuts and a ton of money. And Hell so yeah. I, I hope that your future is as bright as the voodoo donuts people, Joshua. Um, yeah, so, so far so good. You said start at the bottom of the food cart. Now um, that is a great way to get started. I feel like a food cart, food truck, brick and mortar franchise chain, take over the world types of things. So Tell us about your cart and talk about your menu, if you don't mind. Yeah, well, um, I don't know if you're familiar with a salvage station, but uh, I worked at I worked at Barley's for a good 14, 15 years, and I left Barley's to open up salvage station with my co-manager Gwen, who runs uh, Dare Vegan Cheese. Oh yeah. And while we were in charge of that restaurant, I also had a food truck and a hot dog cart, and we would occasionally put up a Barley's Pizza booth on the property. And after I left uh, Salvage Station in 2018, uh, the cart I was using at the time just kind of just sat in the weather for a number of years. And um, I talked to Danny about it, and he gave me a real good deal on it, and it had been sitting out for some time. So me and my grandfather put a lot of work into it, basically building it back up from the ground up. And uh, we got that thing rolling and um, it's a smaller card. It's not the biggest card on the block, but we pack a punch with our toppings and whatnot. We, um, we got three special, obviously you can build your own. The uh, Squatch Dog, which is uh, pimento cheese, chili, and tobacco onions, which if you're not familiar with tobacco onions, it's uh, a fried crispy onion. It kind of almost looks like a light uh, rolling tobacco, you know, a little yes. thicker cut, but um, but that's the, the, the big one. And then we got the, the Patterson Gimlin, which Patterson Gimlin are the original uh, Bigfoot film folks that gave us that iconic 
version of Bigfoot we all know. Yes, the, the sideways the one. Yeah. version from the 60s, I should say. Yes. Yes. Yes, and that's kind of like your Carolina dog, which is chili, coleslaw, and then we toss a pickle spear on there. Nice. And I've been getting quite a lot of attention for uh, El Squacho, which is the third dog, which we may be changing the name because we also serve nachos that we call squachos, but people tend to get it confused with El Squacho, but El Squacho is just nacho cheese, hot pepper relish, and something my daughter showed me on a hot dog, which was Takis, which, man, when she put a Taki on a hot dog, it changes the game. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, Jay Medford from Storm put Takis on his hot dog last year at Punk Rock Hot Dogs. Oh, amazing. Yeah, amazing. Um, we, we do serve uh, three styles of hot dogs. We got the, uh, the vegan dog, the, okay. you know, the simple smart dog. Our, our bun-sized dog is a Nathan's hot dog, which, okay. you know, you can't go wrong with Nathan's. Solid. And then the third dog we offer is a foot long, and it's a company out of Eastern North Carolina. And if you're from Eastern North Carolina, you know. If you know, you know. Okay. It's a bright leaf, which is those bright red hot dogs. And the people from the eastern part of the state, they go crazy for this hot dog. And you can't get it anywhere else unless okay. you have its priority shipped. So it's a special hot dog, but you got to be ready for it. <laughs> I am impressed. This is the kind of hot dog I've never heard of because I'm not from the oh, yeah? Carolina. And man, now I'm super intrigued. New hot dogs. Wow. That's like discovering a new continent or something. It's pretty exciting stuff. Um, well, that's great. You got yeah, three, we like three. to call it the... Uh... Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. It's, uh, I think one of their slogans is the almost famous hot dog. The almost famous <laughs> hot dog, because, of course, Nathan's is famously Nathan's famous hot dogs. Um, yeah, you got it. You got it. Uh, that's great. Um, so you, where's your home base? Where are you located? Where do you, where do you start from when you hitch up the cart and go places? Well, I hitch up the cart at the back of Barley's. I, okay. uh, I went back to the Barley's back in uh, August of 2020, and uh, Jimmy Rince and Patrick Huss have helped me tremendously with my commissary and advice and just uh, helped me piggyback on some Cisco orders for buns and whatnot. But um, you can catch me every Thursday at Highland. Um, I definitely recommend getting there before 5 because once there's a line, I don't have a chance to chat with you. And that's one okay. thing that I love to do is talk to the customers. Sure. I've been stuck in the back of the kitchen for 25 years. So now I'm up in front and I can't stop talking to strangers. <laughs> I love that. That is a great story, man. That's a great reason for maybe other cooks and chefs to get uh, food cart to, is to get that human interaction yeah, yeah for sure for sure and then uh, uh um, occasionally usually on saturdays and at the P punk rock flea market at fleetwoods uh saturdays at fleetwoods most of the time however i haven't been there the last couple weekends because of weather and other obligations but um okay. i'm open to more stuff but i'm still up at barley's right now uh helping out over there with staffing issues and whatnot so well, i haven't jumped in full force which I really could at this point, but, you know, you can't um, step on the feet that got you to the top. You know what I mean? I do. I do. And you mentioned Jimmy Rents, and I've known Jimmy for years and years. He's a very solid person in our food scene and a great guy. And I don't know his partner, Patrick, I don't think you mentioned him. Yeah, Patrick well. Huss is a part owner along with Danny McClinton. And Patrick, you can catch him probably out at Salvage Station most times. 
Okay. He bounces back between the two, and if we need a filler at Barley's, he's there. Great. Um, so let's see. You, you're once a week. You're always at Highland, and where? Which, which Highland? There's one downtown now, but you ain't there. Oh, yeah. I know that. But you're. I'm where? at the entrance of the meadow. Okay. You can't miss me, especially if you're playing frisbee golf. Okay, <laughs> all of the frisbee golfers are be hitting up your hot dogs after a hot day on the links. Before and after, my friend. Before and after. You want to get a hot dog in you before you hit those hot links because you may not make it. You might drop dead yeah. on a heart attack, so you want to have a last hot dog. Just yeah, that's right. Um, so you, you mentioned that punk rock hot dogs that my – contest uh, we canceled it and uh i won't go into it right now because i am going to record another s segment about it but joshua you wanted to describe the hot dog that you were going to do and i'll tell you what alex from black bear described hers to me and it sounded insane so i'm so curious to hear what you came up with okay well first of all i want to show you the um the pedestal we were going to put this goth dog on. I happen to have it behind me. Me and my wife were just finished her up last night. I don't know. Can you see her there? Oh yeah, I can. It's like a doll holding a tray that looks almost like a hot dog bun or a hot dog. Is that yes, what I'm seeing? The hashtag here, the at Bigfoot Longs 828. And then right. right here was going to be the hot dog on display. With oh, right. there, and that's our little goth queen in a, the name of the dog, uh, my, one of my favorite, when I think of goth, I think of, uh, I don't go straight to goth punk or post-punk. I go to the goth metal scene, and my favorite goth punk band or metal band was Paradise Lost. Nice. So our hot dog was called uh, Paradise. Yeah, thank you. Our uh, dog was called Paradise Lost and Found. And <laughs> that was a play on, you know, Paradise is Lost, but hey, look what we found, this hot dog. Man. So um, what we were going with a uh, a standard size bun and I was going to put a uh, a foot long bright leaf heart dog is what we called it which is you know the bright leaf dog with some racing stripes on it and when I say racing stripes I grill all my dogs I don't boil them they they go on a flat top and they're grilled up on on the scene there nice and there would have been you know a little bit of hot dog coming out of each side of the bun and then we were going to take some uh, pimento cheese and mix it up with a fermented chili paste that kind of gave it like a sweet earthy heat to it and it also made that pimento cheese a nice blood red color nice so love it on uh thank you on top of that we were going to uh do a, a vinegar based red cabbage slaw and then uh, here's the kicker where I didn't know how punk rock these people were really going to be. But on top of that, for a little bit of crunch, we were going to have what we called uh, mealworm infested tobacco onions. So we were going to take dry mealworms and mix it in with the tobacco onions and then top all of that off with a black garlic ketchup. Oh, my God. That sounds awesome. <laughs> Holy moly. That sounds incredible. You know, Thank I you. I'm so sad that we're not going to be able to do this event. I look forward to the hot dogs more than anything else. Um, but yeah, man, is there any chance on earth that that hot dog might end up on your like Halloween October menu or something like that? You know, any chance with the on earth? yeah, yeah. Well, um, with this kind of outreach and you uh, having me on your program here, like, um, you know, I could definitely make an announcement and uh, get people to come out. Maybe like the uh, 
punk rock flea market might be one of those places to try that out but uh i'm yeah more than willing to give it a shot because i got i want another one uh <laughs> dude i think that you i should... want another one myself i mean it might be... yeah it sounds awesome and i i think that you should incorporate these mealworms onto your menu somehow that's i've never heard of that but why not you know it's just a yeah. form of protein Oops, yeah, I wasn't supposed to crazy. swear. <laughs> I just swore on my own show. I'll have to go back and bleep that out. No swearing allowed, Joshua. Don't gotcha, gotcha. Follow my example. Um, well, that sounds fantastic. I, I, I can't say that you would have won, but I'm just going to say it. You would have won because I'll say that to everybody, Joshua, because yeah. Yeah. that sounds like a killer hot dog. And I, wanna, I really want to try your dogs. Knowing that you're doing commissary out of the back of Barley's, is there a chance I could come – I'm not, I'm not likely to get out to Highland, but is there a chance that I personally could come just try your dogs out the back of the Barley's commissary or something? Um, it'd be a little tougher there, but I mean, if we worked something out ahead of time, I would definitely be more willing to make something happen. It's just when, uh, when I'm at Barley's, I try to, I try to turn on Barley's, you know what I'm saying? And sure, try to yeah. keep them separate a little bit, but uh, part of my commissary fee is uh, feeding the staff some hot dogs from time to time. So I can give you a heads up when we're doing that there, you know, family hot dog day at Barley's. <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. I'll definitely come down take some nice pictures and, and blow them up on Facebook and stuff for you, brother. Hell yeah. All right. Oh, heck yeah. All right. <laughs> no, you could say hell. That's fine. Okay, cool. I dropped a big old F-bomb. That's not as cool. Um, all right, Joshua. Well, I really appreciate you signing up to do punk rock hot dogs being chill about the fact that it was canceled i appreciate you putting the thought into the hot dog you were going to do it sounds very fun and exciting and um everybody check out joshua's uh facebook page to follow where he's going to be and what he's up to mm -hmm. and and uh follow him on instagram as well bigfoot longs and uh, 828 bigfoot longs 828 and joshua healed is the man thank you for being on the show today joshua yeah, I appreciate it, man. And uh, just so you know, my uh, wife, Amy, runs the Instagram thing. So if anybody, personal fans, reach out to me, realize you're, you're going through the wife before you're getting to me. So uh, okay. no weird messages. No weird messages. <laughs> and, and Joshua, one last thing. I couldn't help but notice the whole time we're talking, you've got some cage fighting going on in the background. And that's, oh, yeah. That's no, my that's kind of TV. It is a cage match. We got Ric Flair and Ricky Morton here in uh, yeah. Greensboro, probably 86, 87, something like that, yeah. That's great. I love it. That's my kind of entertainment. We're right there. in the shed. I had to All right, yeah. Joshua. Kids just... are in the house as well. <laughs> Brother, your your feet, your stream is breaking up. I'm gonna have to let you go. All right. I don't know if you can hear me. All right, we have technical difficulties on this show from time to time. All right, Joshua. Man. It's... Well, thank you very much, dude. We'll catch you soon, buddy. Take it easy. All right, all right Joshua. Joshua. Bye bye. It's all good, man. I hope we got it. You take it easy, friend. You too. Appreciate you. Bye bye. Hey everybody, it's me, Stu Helm, the food fan here at Food Fan Headquarters, and I just want to record a special segment for you about birthdays. Everybody's got one, and so it's something we all have in common. There aren't that many things in this world that every single person in the world has in common, but everybody alive today has a birthday. Now, whether you know your real birthday or that's a mystery, I don't know, but you got one somewhere. 
And I've got one, and my girlfriend Dawn has one, and ours both fall in the month of July. So as I record this, it is the month of July in 2022, and Dawn and I are celebrating our July birthdays. And Dawn's already happened. It was July 2nd. Uh, so happy birthday to my beautiful life partner, Dawn. And Dawn and I always have a really nice dinner on our birthdays, of course. It wouldn't be right if we didn't do that. Occasionally, we have cooked at home for our birthdays, but we generally like to go out to eat. And uh, one of my go-to places on Dawn's birthday, when I'm, I make a reservation for Dawn's birthday, I always make it at Vivian because Dawn loves Vivian and it's right in our neighborhood. So it's kind of our neighborhood restaurant. So we like to support them and we like to go there on special occasions because it is a special experience. If you have never been to Vivian in the river arts district, get on down there. I'm often quite surprised when I talk about Vivian, how many of the locals have never heard of it. Um, and of course, how many of the, my, like, I, I talk to a lot of tourists because I lead food tours downtown. And so my tours are 10 to 12 people times three a week times uh, X number of weeks in the year. I, I never know that stuff. That, that starts to be math. What is there, 50, 52 weeks in a year? I really don't know. I'm stupid. Um, but anyways, uh, I talk to a lot of tourists and they don't know about Vivian either. So who does know about Vivian? Well, the most sort of refined eaters in town know about Vivian in terms of like people who really, really know and enjoy very good food know about Vivian and they go there. And since it is right in my neighborhood, I've been going since the beginning. It used to be the junction for those of you who might remember the junction in the river arts district and the junction was uh the was great and so i went as often as i could and then i was sad when the junction closed down but as i so often say my sadness turned to joy when i saw that vivian was opening and i knew the chef chef josiah mcgahey from his salt and smoke food truck that was attached and still is attached to the uh, burial beer brewery on the south slope i don't think it's called salt and smoke anymore but the food truck is still attached there and making food as far as i know everything changes gosh i should go swing by and figure that out uh for real um but any hoodles i i knew chef josiah and his partner his wife uh shannon josiah mcgahey uh I knew them both from that, and so I was happy to hear they were opening Vivian, and boy, howdy, it is freaking good. So I'll just tell you what Don and I got. We got some smoked oysters. Super highly recommend these. They are not cooked oysters. They are raw oysters that are smoked a little bit, and they have a very nice smoky flavor. And they go ahead and put stuff on the oysters. Like, they are so highly recommending their minaret. I, I always mispronounce this word. I'm sorry. It's the little vinegar and champagne stuff that comes with oysters a lot of times. And uh, they put a little bit of that. They put that on there for you. They don't, they don't mess around. They're like, we make this, we want you to use it. Now, some people don't like to put the stuff on the oysters. They just like to eat them raw. So if you're one of those people, I'm kind of not recommending these oysters for you. I'm, but if you are a person 
who just loves delicious food. I am recommending these oysters for you. We also got our classic uh, favorite, the salad. Salad. <laughs> Listen to me. I'm trying to have an accent. The salad de saison. Uh, and the salad de saison is just a beautiful buttercup lettuce salad with the various things on it. This time it had cucumbers. It's very seasonal, as the name would suggest. But it always has a grilled piece of this, I think it's pronounced hula, hula cheese or hula. Don't ask me to pronounce words. I'm sorry, folks. I shouldn't even be on the radio. I don't know what I'm doing making podcasts when I don't know how to pronounce words. But it has a piece of grilled cheese on it. I know how to say that. And the grilled cheese is what puts it over the top. So we've eaten this salad as every time we go. Uh, if it goes off the menu, we'd be sad but I'm preparing emotionally for that day because I always say, don't fall in love with any food in Nashville because it will go away and break your heart. And then we, by the suggestion of the bartender, we got the crudo and it was wreckfish crudo. And I'm a person who didn't eat, used to eat any kind of raw or undercooked fish, right? Like I'm from New England, you cook a piece of fish till it falls off the bone uh, up there. And I, as a kid growing up, we wouldn't even think about eating raw fish. You know, that, that would be antithetical to our upbringing. So took me a while to get used to it. Now cut to the chase. I love it. I'm eating sashimi, hamachi and crudo wherever. I, if it's good, it's good. I'm loving it. And this wreckfish crudo was incredible, like just fantastic and light and uh, had some, of course, some citrus and some other stuff on the plate and was fantastic. So I recommend this crudo very much. And then we capped it off with the pavlova from Chef Jimmy. And we love Chef Jimmy very much as a human being. And we love his desserts and pastries and breads and his pickles and all that. And uh, he makes the best pavlova in town. And pavlova, in case you don't know, is a sort of meringue. And the one we had at Don, on Don's birthday was the best we've ever had. Like we couldn't believe how good it was. Um, I'm wondering if actually the humidity contributed to how good it was because it, it was crispy, but it wasn't hard and it was chewy and it was just so good. So go get this pavlova, go get the crudo, the salad de saison there. I did say it with an accent for you and try those smoked oysters when you go to Vivian. So that's where we spent Don's birthday. Now my birthday is coming up. It's on the 20th of July and I always want to go to pretty much the same place. Last year we, we went to Ukiah Japanese Smokehouse and it was fantastic and I recommend it very much. But my usual jam is Bull and Beggar down in the River Arts District and that's where we're going this year. And I haven't been yet, so I don't have like a description of food for you, but I am planning on, if it's still on the menu and gosh, I hope it is, I'm planning on getting the filet mignon, which is just prepared fantastically and quite insanely delicious and comes with about 5,000 calories of extra stuff like bone marrow and potatoes au gratin and stuff. And so I really like that. And I'm looking forward to that. And Bull and Beggar is just an old classic sort of uh, second or I don't know, I was going to say second wave restaurant. I gotta, I gotta make a definition of what the waves are in Asheville. Cause there's like the, 
the first wave of Greek diners and stuff like that. And I don't even want to get into it because somebody who's lived here for a hundred years is going to get upset that I'm getting it wrong. So I'll just say that Bull and Beggar was one of those restaurants that came around right when like the Admiral and the Karate and Posana and all of them were really cranking and rhubarb and all the really high end restaurants came along. So I, I really love Bull and Beggar. And I have a very sad memory of eating my birthday filet mignon out of a cardboard box on in, in 2020 when you couldn't eat inside the restaurants in the middle of July because we were still in the midst of the shutdown. And so I, I ate a I ate a filet mignon out of a cardboard box and it was like the saddest thing ever. And I just kind of want to, I want to run back that experience and have it on a plate at Bullet Beggar. So that's what we did for Don's birthday. That's what we're going to do for my birthday. And I bring all this up, not just to talk about these restaurants and the food they serve, but also because I'm curious where you all like to eat on your birthdays. Where are your go-to places? I know some of you are going to cook at home and I'm just going to be honest with you and tell you, I am not interested in that at all. People often will be like, I cook the best steak in town or whatever. And that's great. Fantastic for you and your family and whoever you cook your steaks for. But I ain't interested in knowing that at all. I was going to say in particular, but at all. And my I will post on Facebook, who's got the best mac and cheese in town? And people will be like my Mima, And I'll be like, I, that's not, I don't care. I really like, seriously, that's not what I'm asking. And you got to understand that. So anyways, just a little, uh, little rant at the end about people not understanding that I'm only interested in hearing recommendations of restaurants, unless you want me to recommend to my social media followers that they show up to your Mima's house and ask her for some mac and cheese. And then let's talk because I want some of that Mima Mac. All right, folks. Uh, so let me know where you go on your birthday. I want to know the special spots you go to outside at restaurants and outdoor eating. Uh, yes. Indoor eating. Yes. Best air conditioning in town. Do you go to the lobster trap to get lobster on your birthday? Do you go to old Europe to get a nice special piece of cake? Speaking of which I have an amazing story to tell about a bunch of cakes that I ate at French broad chocolates, but I'll talk to you about that on another segment. Just wanted to say happy birthday to everybody who has a birthday. And that is everybody. All right, folks, I'm going to check out for now. I'll talk to you again real soon. Hey, everybody, it's me, Stu Helm, the food fan here at Food Fan Headquarters. And I just wanted to tell you all about a very special trip that I've been planning for a long time and I haven't gone on it yet, but it's possible that by the time you listen to that, this recording, I will already be home from the trip. I do plan to record another uh, segment when we get back, but I wanted to record an anticipatory segment for you. Don and I are going to exciting Hendersonville, North Carolina. Now, if you live here in Western North Carolina, you might be thinking Hendersonville, you guys live in Asheville. It's a half hour away. What do you care about going to Hendersonville for and staying overnight? Well, the fact is, is that I personally don't drive. And if I did, I would probably go to Hendersonville much more often. And I would 
go to all the restaurants and I would shop at the stores and I would get to know Hendersonville and Waynesville and Weaverville and Black Mountain and so on and so on. But I don't drive. And so I can't just take a little drive out there and come home. Uh, Dawn drives, but I can't just rope her into going to lunch with me every day. She's got her own life going on. Uh, and I go, she doesn't even eat lunch. Let's just put it that way. But we enjoy spending a night in a wonderful uh, hotel or bed and breakfast or inn. And we definitely enjoy small town shopping and restaurants, especially around here. And so I decided to book a room overnight at a place called the Waverly Inn. I think it's literally called the 1898 Waverly Inn, but I'm terrible with numbers, so don't quote me on that. Um, and the Waverly Inn is historic. And it looks lovely. And we have a lovely room booked and it's a bed and breakfast. And so I have, uh, Dawn doesn't usually eat breakfast either. She eats like a grapefruit and some yogurt and, you know, I'm like sausage and eggs and stuff. So anyways, it's a bed and breakfast. Dawn doesn't eat breakfast. They wrote to, they wrote back to me and said, do you want us to include breakfast? We're proud of our breakfast. We'd like you to try it and feature it if you like it. And so I said, and they described it to me and I said, yeah, sure. Sign me up for one. So staying at and eating at the Waverly Inn and, uh, and that is located right downtown on main street. And part of the point of this trip is to drive there and not drive at all from that point on until we drive home the very next day. And um, that is means that everything that I want to do has to be within walking distance. And Don left this entirely up to me to plan the agenda. So when I say everything I want to do, it's my agenda. I did include things that interest Don and both of us. And uh, most of it is food, though. I just want to try as many restaurants as possible. So the Waverly Inn is right on Main Street. And from what I can tell, almost everything in downtown Asheville is very centrally located right around there, or downtown Hendersonville, pardon me, um, and including the miniature golf course, which is looks to me like it's right across the street from where we're staying, and that is definitely on our list of things to do that are not food-related. And also on, on that short list, I might as well say it, we're going to go to this shark aquarium tank place, maybe hit up the Model Railroad Museum, going to take a walk to the extreme uh one extreme end of town the eastern side of town to go to the william king memorial park and then walk all the way in the other direction to go to the oakland cemetery and eat food and do things along the way and then north at possibly as far as joey's new york bagels you know like i could not determine if it was actually walkable or if you have to like try to scramble across the highway to get there but maybe as far as Joey's New York bagels and definitely as far south as um, Hot Dog World and possibly Hendo, the fried chicken place. So, you know, that's that's all of downtown Hendersonville. And as far as I can tell, it takes a half hour to walk from end to end in either direction, approximately. A lot of stops along the way, a lot of restaurants, cafes, wine shops. Don loves wine. And I'm uh, going to do a little bit of Shopping, shopping too. Going to take a lot of pictures. I'm going to attempt to eat a lot of small bites so I can eat at a lot of places. But people are, are I, I'm going to want to try a lot of hamburgers too. So I'm going to have to 
I don't know. I, I, I purposely lost some weight in order to prepare for this uh, trip. I, I like to weigh 130 pounds. Okay. I'm only five foot four. And so, uh, if, and I've been weighing closer to 140 pounds and on a little guy like me, that shows up a lot. And so I've been trying to lose seven pounds to bring me back down to, uh, 130. And today I achieved my goal. And so I'm trying to stay at that goal until we get to Hendersonville. And then I'm definitely going to put on weight. Like, ain't no question about it. When I eat food, I put on weight. When I don't, I take it off. And it's as simple as that. Uh, so any hoodles, I'm really looking forward to our trip to Hendersonville. We have reservations at Postera. I'll check back with you on that. I'm going to try to get into this place called Umi. I have not been able to make a reservation. Not sure. Like I've been trying to call, but I guess I'm calling when they're not open yet. Everybody's hours are wonky. And uh, just have a lot of places on my list. This is like 70 places to eat in downtown Hendersonville, eat and drink. And I'm not going to the breweries. Sorry, somebody else can do that. And I'm not going to any straight up cocktail bars unless they serve food. But I am going to places that are full bars that have food because Don will want to try the cocktails and I will want to try the food. So uh, I'll check back in with you when we get back from Hendersonville. Our other plans are to hit the other towns I mentioned. And the next one we're going to do is Black Mountain. Uh, Black Mountain is really cute. There's a lot of food going on there. I'm pretty sure there's a really nice hotel that I want to stay at. I was looking at hotels and there's one there called the Red Rocker Hotel. And uh, I don't think I'm going to stay there. Somebody gave me another suggestion that sounds nice, but I just want to give props to the Red Rocker. I personally am not a huge Sammy Hagar fan, but I'm not a Hagar hater either. And I just love the Sammy Hagar reference for your hotel. I know it's not that. I know you probably have a red rocking chair or something like that that you're famous for, but I got a kick out of that. Uh, okay, folks, so I suggest that you do the same, Asheville. I mean, gas prices are high. You don't necessarily want to drive three states over for your vacation. Uh, air, flying on an airplane is kind of a drag these days, and that's also it contributes a lot to global climate change flying on airplanes. We don't talk about that much, but um, try, I try not to fly as much as I, I also hate flying, so whatever. But um, it's, a, it's an easy thing to do. It's not quite a staycation, which would be like, sometimes we go stay at the Grove Park Inn and that's the, that's the best staycation you could ask for, Asheville. But yeah, we're going to Hendersonville and we'll check back with you soon. All right, Asheville and places beyond have I want you to go someplace. I always try to do this and nobody does what I ask. Eat something delicious. Tell me about it in the comment section. Send me a note. I mean, I shouldn't say people don't tell me. People tell me all the time. What am I talking about? I'm practically losing my mind, like not even acknowledging the reality that people are constantly telling me where they want to eat, where I should eat and where they love to eat. And so please continue to do that, everybody. Oh my gosh. Bye. Hey everybody, it's me, Stu Helm, the food fan here at Food Fan Headquarters. And I just wanted to give you some random reviews like I do. Uh, I went to, of course, a bunch of places to get a bunch of food, both on my own with my boss, Patty from Asheville Food Tours and 
with Asheville Food Tours. And so let me just run down some of the awesome stuff that we had. And first of all, Patty and I went to the Grove Arcade, which is fast becoming one of our favorite places to hang out because it's as cool as a cucumber inside there most of the time. And Patty and I both like cool weather. It's a beautiful building and there's a lot of great food happening in there right now. And so we got a chicken salad sandwich on a croissant with some watermelon salad on the side. And we split that. Patty and I have decided that a whole sandwich is too much for these old men. And so we are now splitting most of our food. Uh, not all of it. Sometimes we don't uh, want the same things at the same time. But we shared this chicken salad sandwich, and it is so classic and so delicious. They do a curried chicken salad as well. But uh, the, the classic is what we had. Comes on a croissant, lettuce, tomatoes uh, on it with all kinds of stuff in it. Not too dressed up, not trying to be more than just some delicious chicken salad. And the watermelon salad was excellent. It was prepared much like a cucumber salad would be with vinegar, feta cheese, and raw onions. And I push those onions aside. I ain't eating raw onions right before I do a food tour. Got to talk to people, man. Uh, <clears throat> and then speaking of food tours, Wellbread Bakery is where we got this, if I didn't mention that. Um, and Wellbread is one of our brand new food tour partners. And so we are very happy to welcome them on board. And they do a great little plate of samples for our tours. And so far, my tours have loved it. I have started two of my tours with Wellbread and everybody on the tour. It, it has been named the best bite on the tour. And it has been referred back to as a favorite, uh, even though we start with it. And then like, continuing with tours, we went into Storm Rumbar. That's one of our frequent tour stops. And I know I talk about it a lot, but it is close to my house and I do love it. So, and they have ribs on the menu now. It's a new thing. These braised ribs and they gave some to our food tour with some uh, green beans underneath them. And the green beans were cooked al dente and had a beautiful sort of sauce thing going on. And the ribs were braised and they're pork ribs. And they were very, very delicious. Like, I, there's, there's a new rib in town, people. Y'all know I like ribs and I'd be giving them awards and stuff like that. And so these are, these are definitely a contender for Ribs of the Year 2022 at Storm Rum Bar and Bistro. That's right at the tippity top of the South Slope. It's your gateway along with Bramari Brewing and Ukiah Japanese Smokehouse. Those are like, and on the other side, sort of high, high wire and Ben's tune-up, and from then on down is the South Slope. So start up top and work your way down, and after all that drinking, you're going to have a hard time getting back up. Uh, and then um, we always go into Twisted Laurel with food tours, and they just knock it out of the park so much. And Tom LaFauci has been test-running test a bunch of dishes on the food tour that are going to end up on his menu in a couple of weeks now. He starts doing this like five weeks out. So our tours have tried a lot of his upcoming menu and you should be excited about it, Asheville. He's got some, he served us some nice pork that had, it was like, had a bark on the outside and served on some uh, carrot puree that was very simple and little microgreens on top. And it was fantastic. I loved it. And my tour crushed it. Like every bite was gone. And then, uh, I, I, oh, Patty and I stopped into a place we don't go all that often. And it's just because the hours are very slim. And we try to go and we're like, ah, oh, we missed the hours. And it's right on 
um, that uh, right on Haywood street in downtown Asheville, across the street from Malaprops and, and the Asheville hemp company. Um, and gosh, I'm kind of spacing out on the name right now. It's called stone Hill Bistro. I think that's it. It's either stone Hill Bistro or stony Hill Bistro. And we popped in and they do breakfast all day up until I think they close at two. And so I got a traditional breakfast of two eggs over easy, some grits with butter, uh, some potatoes, sour bread, sourdough bread, and uh, house, house-made sausage or local sausage. I actually didn't read that, but it was obviously hand-formed and it was quite delicious. And this breakfast, this traditional breakfast was so, so good. Like I recommend it very, very much. It's hard to find breakfast in downtown Asheville sometimes. Um, like the hours, the days that people are open, whatever. So I recommend this. I think it's called Stony Hill Bistro right on Haywood Street. And Patty was extremely happy with his club sandwich, not a turkey club, which they also have, but a club sandwich which had, which had different meats. And he was super psyched about it. And both of us were stoked. And so we recommend that very, very much. Um, and then I uh, stopped into... La Bodega by Curate, James Beard award-winning Chef Katie Button's restaurant, other restaurant that's not Curate. And I got something called a chucho, a chucho, or a chucho, however you want to pronounce that. Chucho, chucho. And it's spelled X-I-U-X-O. And so I'm going to say chucho. Uh, And it is like this, it's like a giant-sized super flaky, crispy croissant. So it's very, very buttery and it's large, like split it with one or two other people. And it's extremely crispy on the outside. I'm not sure how they get it like that. It almost looks like it's deep fried and it might be, I'm not sure, but it is stuffed with pastry cream and it is fantastic. Like just fantastic. And I took a picture on Facebook. So check it out on Facebook if you can. It is just incredible. So go, go to La Bodega by Curate and get this shusho. It's going to get a nomination for me of Best Sweet Treat of 2022 for sure. So I'm talking about some nominees right now. And go check out those pictures on Facebook. You will lose your mind. Um, all right, folks. Well, that's about it. Uh, I have, I've eaten a lot of stuff at a lot of places since the last time we checked in, but I, I, uh, I go to a lot of the same places over and over again. So I don't want to just talk about them all the time, but I'll check back in with you soon. And I hope you have a great meal today. And if you do take pictures, post them online, tag me if you can. Stu Helm food fan. And you can find me on Facebook, Instagram at Stu Helm food fan. You can also find me on Twitter, but that's mostly politics I do there. But it's fun. I make fun of politicians and stuff. And, uh, and you can also subscribe to my Substack newsletter. Just look for Stu Helm Food Fan on Substack. And please watch my YouTube videos again. Just search for Stu Helm Food Fan on YouTube and you will find me. Thank you, WPVM 103.7, the progressive voice of the mountain, for taking my podcast and turning it into a radio broadcast. I appreciate you all very much. All right, everybody, have a great day. I'll talk to you again real soon. Bye.
This episode of the Food Fans Radio Show was underwritten in part by Asheville Food Tours. Did you know that there are over 200 places to eat and drink in downtown Asheville alone? It can be overwhelming. Whether you're a visitor or a local, there's no better way to experience downtown Asheville than taking a food tour with Asheville Food Tours. Details, pricing, and an easy-to-use calendar can be found at AshevilleFoodTours.com. That's AshevilleFoodTours.com.